1: Hello and surprise. You've been such fantastic fans of Fanatics. Claire and I are giving you a bonus episode this week, huh? We've been having so much fun interviewing the Dexter New Blood creators and visionaries. During our episode recaps, we decided we'd ask them about what they're fanatical about and give you a good old-fashioned minisode. Fanatics
2: Ooh. Everyone's got their thing.
1: us we have right now Mr. Clyde Phillips showrunner of Dexter New Blood and the first four seasons of Dexter itself and Nurse Jackie you wrote the finale to Nurse Jackie as well I did you're the king of finales it sounds like (laughs) but right now forget finales let's start with the beginning the beginning of your love of exotic string instruments and guitars Clyde how did you get involved into that
2: well it started out when i I moved to California as a teenager, and um, one of my pals played guitar. and was teaching me guitar, and then I went to a pawn shop and bought a $40 piece of shit guitar, loved it, played it all the time. I still play all the time. And as I got older and started earning some money, um, I started collecting guitars. I mean, some people collect motorcycles and boats and things like that, so it's a pretty innocent pursuit. I was always interested in the various sounds you get when you play guitar, the various sounds when you play different guitars. I remember Scott Reynolds was going to, whose daughter's a musician, uh, was going to Guitar Center uh, to get her a guitar, and I said, "Let's Facetime while you're there, because Scott didn't know anything about it." Yeah. And I said, "Whatever guitar you think you're going to buy, you're not getting. the The guitar is going to choose Audrey." And then she ended up getting a, a completely different guitar, which Scott actually bought for me. uh Uh, it's the one on the far side over there behind me say and my writing staffs have always i say my last five writing staffs have bought me either guitars or banjos or ukuleles or mandolins not or and, and 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 this writing staff is on this show bought me two guitars i played in bands in high school and in college um and uh i used to come back in high school I used to come back from playing on the football team and then join my band on stage if I didn't have any broken fingers ha. and join you know, join our set, which was the, about the coolest thing you could possibly do. Um, and then I got interested in other stringed instruments. There's a thing called, which I don't have. I think you might know, David, that my house burned down four years yes. ago, which is why I moved into this apartment. Yes, And I lost a lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff is in storage. And so I haven't seen that yet. And we were going to go do it over Christmas, but my wife got COVID, so couldn't do it. So I've got something there called a Sintir, S-I-N-T-I-R. You can look it up on, the, uh, uh, on YouTube and see a friend of mine playing it, actually. And, which is, it's a Moroccan instrument made out of a very heavy wood covered with camel skin and three strings. And it's a rhythm instrument. It is the precursor to the banjo. So, I
1: feel like the Beatles probably use that on one of their
2: No, you're, you're thinking of sitar. Ah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is way too complicated for me. Okay. So I learned how to play that. And in fact, uh, through a friend who is the guy you'll see when you look it up on YouTube, is playing it. Uh, he taught me how to get the basics of it. And there are no Sintir books. So I just basically taught myself the rhythms of it. And then uh, off of that, I taught myself to play um, the banjo and uh the ukulele and um i gotta say the man oh there you go david's holding up a banjo and i gotta say the mandolin is still kicking the shit out of me but uh, i'll every night when i watch tv i do it with a guitar in my lap and whatever the music is on on the tv even if it's uh, you know a, a baseball game or something whatever the music is i will try to learn it and play it, or at least find the root of it and i've played actually on the the Last episode of the fourth season of Dexter, the Trinity episode, when Dexter's dropping Trinity off the side of the boat, uh, that's me playing guitar. Oh, really? Yeah, the composer, I would go up to the composer's house. Uh, Dan, Dan Lick at the time was the composer. I would sit with the guitar in my lap and kind of play along silently with headphones so not to bother him. He said, come on, let me, he wrote me out a chart. Which I can read. He wrote me out a chart. And then I, then I went back to Martha's Vineyard and he sent me that guitar. That's another guitar I got from another show.
0: To me, I play the violin and also a little bit the guitar, not really, but I can strum. There's something very satisfying about cradle, the way you cradle a guitar or a banjo or. You a, hold it like a baby. A, yeah. So, what is it? What is that connection that's different than other instruments that drew you to you know, this style of, of string?
2: Well, particularly when you're playing acoustic guitar, you hold it against your chest. And you feel it inside you, which cannot be said for most other instruments. It resonates within you. And sometimes, depending on my mood, that blonde guitar back there is a 12-string. So when you hold that against your chest, mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of reverberation inside you. And it's, and it's really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two other quick guitar stories. The second, second guitar in there is on the second year of Dexter, uh, I had our prop master make a deal with Gibson. Uh, guitar maker to get me a free guitar, and they, and they said, "If you're going to do that, this priv- the perks of being a um, showrunner." The Gibson said, "You have to show thirty headstocks. That's the top of the guitar where you see the name of the, the, the company." So I had uh, Deb have a boyfriend who was a guitarist, and we just put thirty guitars on his wall, and we paid that off in one episode. <clears throat> and maybe Gibson that's why no-
1: she married an Abbott brother.
2: That's right. That's that's true. Good point. <laughs> So Gibson's deal, the deal with Gibson is I could have any guitar they made. So I wanted what's called the L100. I'm going to stand up and get it. And nobody yeah, will know that. Yeah, show it. Um, this is my favorite part. Show and tell. The, so this is the L100. And this hey. is the Robert Johnson guitar. It, you know, the famous blues man who sold his soul at the crossroads. Oh. Uh, this is the guitar he's holding uh, in the in the one photograph that exists of him. So I said to them, I want the L-100. And they said, well, we don't make that anymore, and we'd have to custom make it for you, and it costs $6,000, and it'll take a year. Well, I obviously have the guitar. I obviously waited. And it's probably my favorite guitar. On another writing staff, when I did Parker Lewis Can't Lose, another show I created, uh, the writing staff bought me a Les Paul, uh, also made by Gibson. And it was just too heavy for me. I'm not a big guy. and The guitar was too heavy. A lot of people complain about it. And so I took it, and I returned it. To this back when there were little independent guitar shops, you know, on Ventura Boulevard, and I returned it there, and some kid was working there, and I said, "I'd like that," and it was a 1954 Telecaster, like the kind of Springsteen plays and um, Keith Richards plays. And he says, "Well, that's going to cost a little more, it's another thousand dollars." And I said, "Okay, fine. Here's a thousand dollars." Took the guitar. I got a phone call that night from the kid's father. He said, "My son really fucked up. Uh, this guitar is." Really expensive. (laughs) He didn't charge you enough. I said, Well, are you going to honor the deal? He said, Yes, of course I'll honor the deal. And I said, Then I'll come in tomorrow and give you another thousand dollars. So I went in the next day. And then it came time for me to move to Connecticut to the house that I no longer have. And I didn't have a job. I'm buying this big house. And I called my cousin. I said, How much does heating cost on a big house? He says, Man, ten thousand dollars. So I sold that guitar, which I paid. $4,500 $4,500 for, for $10,000. Wow. It's now priceless. Huh? It's a big, it's, wow. it's my, it, everybody has a guitar story. And that's my guitar story. That guitar is worth $200,000 now. Yeah. I mean, the serial number was one, four, three, one. And now the serial numbers are in the millions. So how many guitars did you lose in the fire, Clyde? I'm, well, I'm not entirely sure. I was in LA when it happened and then Surf pro, you know, the company that comes and cleans you out and, and says it's like, it, it's like it never happened. And my slogan for them should be, it's like it happened twice because they're so awful. <laughs> um, uh, so so I probably lost, I, I know this interior is still good, somewhere between five and ten guitars. I'm not really sure. And I, I still want to get up to storage and see what I have. I know I lost uh, an antique banjo and I had what's called a banjo-lele, which is a banjo on a ukulele with a ukulele skin. So it's really loud, and if you really and if you don't know how to play, it really sounds awful. Um, and I, when I would start playing that, I would hear doors closing all over the house. Oh. <laughs> is it more
0: satisfying to you to collect the instruments or to play the instruments? Mm.
2: That, that's interesting. Um, I get a lot of satisfaction when when the collection is all together. Right now, I've just mm-hmm. I, I've got four guitars here, four in Martha's Vineyard, and one in my studio down the street, but. When everything is all set up, and I've got my twenty-two guitars and my centur and my mandolin, and I get a lot of pleasure out of just looking at them. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, I play every day, and I'm not a great musician by any means, but I can I can cover anything. And with the internet, if I hear a song I like, I just look up the chords and print it out and learn the song in a day, you know, or half a day.
0: And so, I guess my addendum to that question—the playing or the collecting—is. Is the searching also part of like the journey to the instrument?
2: Yes, it is. Um, there's a great book called Strat in the Attic, and it's about how people find guitars. You know, your, your great grandfather dies, and lo and behold, there's a guitar from 1890 under his bed. Um, and but people guitars are so collectible now that people are getting smarter. and You can't really find great deals on guitars. You can't really steal a guitar anymore the the way you used to. Uh, people, the sellers of guitars are very aware of how valuable they are.
1: Clyde, if you, for someone listening, who's like, I always wanted to play guitar. I never did, but now I'm inspired. Clyde Phillips has got me. Which is the guitar you would recommend to them to say, get this one and get
2: going? Well, it depends if you want to play electric or acoustic. If you want to play electric, Stratocaster is probably the most forgiving. Fender Stratocaster is the most forgiving, has the best neck. But also, wherever you buy it, you need to take it to a luthier to have it set up. You've got to, do, um, you've got to get new strings and have, have the action set up. For acoustic, it depends on what size you want. I've, I showed you this one, which is um, the L100, which is called a parlor guitar. and It's about three-quarters the size of... Bear with me.
1: Going to grab another guitar of his many guitars.
2: Which is this, which is a guild. It's what's called the Dreadnought style. Dreadnought being the size of the guitar. Um, and it depends on what feels comfortable. And again, it depends on what sound you want. As I mentioned earlier, when you, if you're going into a guitar store, you're not going to walk out with the guitar you went in to buy. Ah. It's going to be something else and you're going to play it. And that guitar is going to speak to you and you'll go, that's what you'll go home with.
0: Do you have different moods for different instruments? Does that, does your mood dictate which you'll pick up and play in the evening, play along? with? It goes both
2: ways. It's it's interesting. Um, Yes. Yes. First of all, but second of all, whichever guitar you pick up kind of determines what you're going to play. I love that. When I I pick up the 12 string, it's their way to heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, when I pick up the, uh, Robert Johnson, it's blues. Um, when I pick up this, it's uh, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yes, it goes both ways.
1: Clyde, I'm loving learning about your gu- love of guitars. This is a beautiful, beautiful quality. We always end our time with a little love letter. It's usually where, you know, we would ask the guests, you know, please say dear guitars and they would speak about why they love guitars and then they'd say, you know, sincerely, for instance, Clyde. I would love if you're down, to just if you don't even have to say anything. Can you just give us like a little thirty seconds of of a twiddling on a guitar or something that makes you happy or it could be
2: uh, sure. well, a something cover that makes or you your happy. own song? Now, something that makes me happy is yeah. uh, Time of Your Life by Green Day. Yeah. Mm.
0: I love it. American yeah. idiot is like one of my favorite things sure. I've ever great. seen on Broadway. And that was phenomenal. I love it.
2: I'm sorry. It was a little out of tune. I wasn't expecting to be, to be playing it, but it was, no, perfect. It was great. Thank you.
1: <laughs> All right. And before you go, well, we're done with Dexter, right guys? Actually not quite because we have on the man himself, Kurt Caldwell. Yes. Clancy Brown from Highlander, from Shawshank Redemption, and of course, Mr. Krabs and Dexter Newblood. You just saw him for all those episodes. And he's with us next episode with his love of the Cincinnati Reds. Guys, step up to the plate. We got Clancy Brown. Let's keep this Dexter thing going because we're going back to Thursdays. See you then.
0: Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics.
1: Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer,
0: and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive Producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry.
1: Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song.
0: Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode.